Hey there, it's Tom Ryan, founder and CEO of ICR. Before we get into the next episode, I wanted to ask that you subscribe to the show. It'll help us get even more unique and interesting guests on the podcast and in turn continue to educate management teams and the growing ecosystem that creates value for fast-growing private and public companies. And while you're at it, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating. Very much appreciated. I kind of just thought, you know, failure is not an option. I did not want to see everything that my parents had risked and all the things they had worked so hard for to go down the drain. To dominate a market, businesses have to start with a great product and be prepared to defend it no matter what challenges come their way. For us, it's all about creating that awareness, making sure that people know about us, that we're on their shopping list, that they're talking about it or sharing recipes. Being a public company can be hard. Small missteps can have outsized consequences. I'm Tom Ryan, founder and CEO of ICR, and over the last 20 years, we've helped thousands of companies understand and navigate the stock market and the media. We'll demystify these and other increasingly complex stakeholder groups so you can focus on what you do best, building your company, and unlocking your true potential. This is Welcome to the Arena. A business's true test of survival is based on their ability to learn from challenges. By adapting to changing times, today's guest discovered a sweet spot in the market for their product to thrive. Today, we sit down with Julie Smolianski, who became the youngest female CEO of a publicly held firm when she took over Lifeway Foods at the age of 27 in 2002. Over the ensuing years, Julie has continued the company's growth trajectory with creative product development and marketing, bringing an Eastern European product into the U.S. mainstream. Under her leadership, the company has grown annual revenues from $12 million in 2002 to well over $100 million in 2021. They've expanded distribution throughout the United States, and their reach has grown internationally. Lifeway stock trades under the symbol LWAY. Julie serves as a member of the United Nations Foundation Global Entrepreneurs Council and was part of the 2015 class of young global leaders of the World Economic Forum. She's produced several documentaries, co-founded the not-for-profit Test 400K, and she released her first book, The Kiefer Cookbook, in 2018. Let's enter the arena with Julie Smolianski. Lifeway is the brand of America's number one kefir. For those of you who don't know, it's kefir like the probiotic yogurt-like drink. People are starting to really recognize us, which is great, but kefir is actually a 2,000-year-old beverage, a superfood healing food that originated from the Caucasus Mountains, a region near Ukraine and Russia, where my family is from. I was actually born in Kiev and immigrated with my parents. We were refugees in 1976 through a small slit in the Iron Curtain. And when my family and I, we settled in Chicago, my parents were looking for <laughs> their entrepreneurial dreams. And they recognized that like America has every but it didn't have kefir, which was a staple when where they grew up. And it was passed down generation to generation through folklore, through storytelling, through word of mouth. You know, my, my father recognized this opportunity and he launched Lifeway with this 
vision and mission to bring kefir to mainstream America. And so he founded the company in 86. And then we went public in 1988. And it was kind of thanks to a lot of what was happening politically and elevated awareness and interest in all things related to Soviet Union. So he got a lot of great attention about this crazy Ukrainian Soviet immigrant who uh, comes to America with no money, no language, no friends, and just a, a dream. And uh, that's how Lifeway was founded and, and what we do with Kiefer. God bless America, right? Yeah, it's incredible. It's an incredible success story. You took over as CEO when you were 27 years old. First of all, did you feel you were ready for that? Was it super intimidating? And what does it mean to you to be the youngest female CEO of a public company? Well, I was not ready, though my father had groomed me and had talked and articulated that he wanted his children, me even specifically, to lead the business. I thought that I would be well into my 50s before that would ever happen. But I also grew up at the dinner table was conversations around business and, you know, products and marketing and growth and relationships and, you know, employees and all those things. So I, I really had kind of a natural education just growing up in our family. And he really elevated and always told me that I could do anything and that he believed in me and pointed out other strong female role models to kind of give me an example of what that looks like. So he did a lot of great things for me. And when he passed away, I kind of just thought, you know, failure is not an option. And I repeated that. And I also, the night that my dad passed away, um, he died suddenly and, you know, all of his friends were coming to support my my mother and, and meeting us at our home. And one of his best friends, you know, a few feet away from me said, there's no way a 27-year-old girl can run this company. That's it. The company's over. Sell all your shares. And that really pissed me off. It really, yeah, it got me pissed. Rightfully so. Yeah, yeah. especially. And I am my father's daughter. So hearing that, you know, just knowing a little bit of the history of what it takes to escape from communist country being a part of that journey, you know, hearing this man kind of dehumanize me and criticize me and just not believe in me, it gave me all the fuel in the world to prove him wrong. And I really thank him. I always say thank you to the haters because they give you that fuel. But, you know, for me, it meant I did have sort of something to prove and I did not want to see everything that my parents had risked and all the things that it, they had worked so hard for to go down the drain. And I was starting off in such a better place than they were. I was starting off with an American education, with the English language, with friends and even strangers who were really just rooting for the underdog. They helped me become a better CEO. They helped me learn how to lead. They helped me find my own version of what that looks like and develop my own style and lean into what I was really good at and had skills at and help me in the places that I needed help in. Yeah. Talk about the health benefits of kefir and talk about like gut health and what that means to your overall health. So, you know, in 1908, Ellie Metchnikoff, he's considered the grandfather of immunity. He did the first research studies around fermented milks, kefir, and health, overall health. And he won a Nobel Prize for his research. And since 1908, 
really the science around it has only been growing and growing. And even in the last three years with COVID, we've seen more science around bacteria, probiotics, and fermented milks more in the last three years than we probably have in the last hundred years. So the research is remarkable. Basically, we learned that the one of the best ways to get probiotics is not through a pill, but a study out of UC Davis actually discovered that getting your probiotics through a fermented dairy, the dairy kind of encapsulates the bug, the bacteria, and helps it survive the entire digestive process, which is really important because the gut is very acid and So that's one key feature that, you know, having a fermented dairy really gives us the results of what we're looking for, for this probiotic to be effective. The other piece is what do probiotics actually do? So they balance out the bad bacteria, things that are making us sick. And the science around the importance of diversity of bacteria in the gut, it impacts everything from immunity and digestion, which we actually always kind of knew. The new piece to this conversation is around mental health. We're also learning that the gut and the mind are connected through the mind-gut access and that 90% of the serotonin is created in your gut. And that serotonin is the thing that makes us feel better. It lifts our spirits. So a study out of Harvard found that probiotics and products like kefir can help reduce stress, depression, and anxiety. This is an exciting new chapter around probiotics and the conversation around mental health. I think not a day goes by when we're not talking about it because we're going through a mental health crisis globally. So this is one small step that we can all be empowered to take. And we're really trying to democratize that small tool that we can all have that's really accessible at every grocery store across the country. It's this mindfulness around these small choices that we can make in our lives. But I mean, kefir has been found and probiotics have been found to help all sorts of things from like addiction, eating disorders, ADHD, allergies. It helps reduce the impact of antibiotics. So many of us, you know, are on courses of antibiotics over our lives. Antibiotics wipe out all bacteria, both good and bad, whatever's making you sick. And the effect is often gastrointestinal issues and a whole range of other issues. So it's really important to restore that good microflora and bring in the good bacteria back into the gut. Those are some of the benefits, but there's so many more. And I'm excited to see what science opens up in the next you know, few years too. It must be amazing to kind of be in the sweet spot that you're in right now where all of a sudden one study comes out from here, one study comes out for there. It just all corroborates what your parents kind of knew intuitively and maybe didn't have the science and the research behind it, right? So like- They knew in their gut. (laughs) They knew in their gut. Yeah, which I'm sure there's a phrase you use a lot around your house. How do you define your total addressable market when you're talking to people? I mean, honestly, it's pretty much every person in the world globally. That's the whole market because I really believe every single person in the universe should be drinking kefir. I think that, you know, very strongly that that would really change our health and quality of life, specifically to probiotics. The estimated probiotic market size in 2021 was $9.3 billion, and it's growing at about a 7.7% rate. So people are getting the message and they want to learn more. They're digging and learning and discovering what are those great products that are going to deliver those benefits. I remember when we first started uh, writing probiotics on our label, we had customers calling and saying, 
I want the kefir that's not probiotic. I don't know what it is. Like we really had to spend time educating people yeah. about it. And here we are. It's it's everyone knows it. So it's remarkable. 20 years ago, nobody knew what it was. pandemic caused us to make a variety of changes in our habits, which had both positive and negative effects on businesses. I asked Julie how business at LifeWay changed during the pandemic and what some of the lasting effects have been. Right before COVID had announced a LifeWay 2.0 strategy plan, and it really gave us a lot of the foundation to go into a crisis already prepared. And I did follow my gut intuitively, did a lot of things because there was no playbook for any leader on what to do. But I grew up in the family business. My father talked to me about being prepared in emergencies and growing up in Chicago, watching a massive snowstorm hit the city. Everything in the city was wiped out. Toilet paper, milk, eggs, bread, gas. I vividly remember being a kid standing around the block in, the, in our car waiting for gas during a snowstorm. And I thought, geez, watching lockdown start happening, I thought, this is not just one city and one bad snowstorm. This is all over the world. This is millions of Chicago's going into a crisis. Uh, so there's no computer software program to have predicted how much inventory we would need. In my gut, I told my team, let's get eight weeks of inventory produced ASAP. So we stayed overtime. Everyone came in and I would point out to culture, the great culture that we built at Lifeway over the decades with our team, everyone was there and they knew the assignment. And so everyone came in, they, they were total heroes, those frontline essential workers. Thank goodness for all of them. I continue to applaud all their, their hard work over that time before we had vaccines, before we knew anything. We made eight weeks of inventory and it was all gone in about three days. So that kind of gives you a sense of what was happening. And we could have decided not to make that inventory and to take it safe and not and be worried if we'd get rid of perishable product in time. And no, it was gone. I mean, and, and that was intuition. And so additionally to that, it was sort of like we delivered on this and we made donations to healthcare workers to make sure that they had these healthy probiotics. They didn't have time to sit down for a big extended meal. And they, you know, were reliant on our kefir to offer them protein, probiotics, calcium, satiation, nutrition, and all the health benefits. And a story that I continue to love to share. We stepped up some of our digital advertising. Uh, if people weren't going to be in the store and able to see our lovely end caps and, and see all of our beautiful product labels, how were they going to find us? And we really leaned into digital and made sure that we increased our spend with Amazon Fresh and Instacart. And that really helped us. We gained over 330,000 new users. And was it because they were home and bored and scrolling? Was it because they read an article about the benefits of kefir and its immune boosting uh, properties? Was it because uh, every restaurant and cafe was closed and they were eating all meals at home? It's hard to say which exact thing. It was probably a combination of all of those various um, matters, you know, being prepared, having awareness, having product on shelf, uh, pointing people to 
that product, creating relationships with media and reporters to to take those research articles and and share because we were all so hungry for that information. And so that's great. And and the other great thing is of those great all those new users, a third of them continue to repeat purchasing. And that's huge. Uh, we have one of the highest loyalties of brand loyalty, over 73% of brand loyalty for Lifeway and Kiefer. And we had zero out of stocks through the labor shortage, through supply chain shortage. We've built such a strong, resilient team that we did not skip a beat. Every single case ordered was delivered on time. The thing that really impressed me is just kind of this integrated approach to marketing between like TV and digital and PR and events and promotions. And the brand loyalty piece was huge. When you think about all of your capital allocation decisions, marketing has got to be something that you keep your foot on the gas. I mean, is that kind of how you're looking at it? Yeah. I mean, for us, it's all about creating that awareness, making sure that people know about us, that we're on their shopping list, that they are obviously purchasing it, that they're talking about it or sharing recipes. Um, I wrote a cookbook with all these great stories and options for versatility for Kiefer and helping people figure out what to do with it. But just getting people to know about it is almost like how the battle and then just, you know, getting them to try it. It's so good. Once we get some trial, we know that people fall in love with it and it becomes part of their daily habits, like a ritual for them. One of the fun things we recently did was sponsor the immersive yoga, immersive Van Gogh, immersive Monet. It was like a whole group of immersive uh, various art things. And you know, the idea is that we want to meet people and bring the brand to life and Talk to them when they're having fun, when they're feeling joy, and also give them something to be joyful and excited for. This thing called life should also include fun, and health shouldn't be something that we feel like we have to do or this drag. Like, health is really fun. I think the space is really fun. People love self care. I think we all have really embraced self care in these last few years. Like, what makes you feel good inside? And this is one tool, one piece of that puzzle that we can help bring to people's lives. When we talk about Lifeway and the scale of the business, which has obviously grown significantly over the last 20 years, talk about kind of the scale of the business, where you operate the channels and all of that. Yeah. I mean, our my vision is to make Lifeway to Kiefer, what Hershey's is to chocolate and Tropicana is to orange juice. So, you know, I really believe Lifeway is that to Kiefer globally. And that that's my vision and dream. I believe that every, like I mentioned, every person in the world should be drinking Kiefer. And we have, you know, babies as young as four months old drinking like our pro bugs, uh, which we, we developed a pouched product for kids because we, we think it's from cradle to grave, uh, honestly. But we're sold in Mexico, in in parts of Europe, you mentioned France and a little bit of the UK, Ireland, all the Caribbean islands, parts of Dubai, parts of Middle East. So we're, we're trying to get our foot you know, in the door in just about all the countries. And yeah, I think slow and steady sort of wins the race as the, the awareness around it grows. Are there any areas in the short term in your mind where there's underpenetration or you see a lot of opportunity to target and expand in? 
Definitely. I mean, we have really won in retail grocery, you know, mass market, Walmart, Whole Foods, Super Value, Kroger, Myers, you know, all the grocery stores. We have really penetrated that market. And the goal is to get more facings, get more people into the space to buy our, our main products. However, I think that food service and away from home and hospitality is still a totally underpenetrated market and has a lot of potential, especially as we kind of return to normal or almost normal, a new normal, where people are traveling, when they're, where they are meeting up in coffee shops and, and office buildings again. So we'd like to make sure that Kiefer is there for them. And I think especially with this elevated sense of how do I stay safe? How do I stay healthy? If I am out, how do I keep my immune system? up. So I think, you know, having Kiefer on in those various markets is great. So continuing to grow the international market is, is another big opportunity. But there's a lot. There's a lot of interesting things that, that we still can do and want to do. Switching gears, obviously, we're, you know, we go from COVID to this stubborn inflation that hasn't left. And I know we have a lot of different input costs, including milk. What's the outlook for milk prices? And I know you've been able to take price, which really speaks to the power of the brand. How, how do you think through all that? Yeah, we, we took a couple of price increases and thankfully, and what I thought, it did not impact our sales at all. Our unit sales are up at the same rate as our dollar sales are up. So that's great. We do have that price elasticity. And again, going back to people are willing to pay for products that bring some health to them, some kind of functionality. This is sort of an affordable luxury. Maybe you'll skip buying a car, or buying a new house, or going on a fancy vacation, but you're still going to, you know, invest in your own health. So it is sort of a, an affordable luxury. But yes, I mean, for sure, the rising costs around gas and milk prices definitely hurt us or, you know, had, had impacted us in the but last year. you've been year. able to manage through it. But we managed through it. Which yeah. is great. Yeah, absolutely. Control what you can control. And the really great thing is that that the outlook forward is very exciting. We are already seeing lower milk prices and the prediction is that they're going to go a lot lower. And we also see the gas is already going lower and that's already helping us as well. You know, gas impacts everything. It, it impacts our, our bottles, our labels, our caps, every, you know, everything, everything that comes in, everything that goes out. So seeing- But there's light, light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. I am really optimistic about it. I think, you know, this year, based on everything that I'm reading for us, you know, a record- interest in the product, record uh, attention and awareness, all these new channels, and then lower costs on all of those uh, those input costs coming down. I think it's, it's going to be a, a, a very good year. Let's talk about organic growth. I know that you have made a transition into plant-based yogurt and milk, and you have a lot of other products. I know Kiefer is the core of your business, but you have other products too that you've introduced. Maybe talk about some of the things that you've introduced recently and the success of those and other things that you have in kind of the product portfolio. You know, based on some of this success of the plant-based category, and it's disrupting all of every category, there's a major interest in plant-based foods. We launched an oat-based line, so a non-dairy fermented oat 
product. It's a similar concept to what our kefir is. It's different. You know, kefir does have to be a dairy base to be called kefir. So this is a fermented oat line and it really is exciting to see the opportunities from oat. Oat milk specifically is the second largest refrigerated plant-based milk and it's really gaining a lot of share from almond milk. So we, we see major, major growth in oat milk and there has not been any product that's got probiotics and oat probiotic. So this is sort of a new innovation that was necessary, not just for our category, but for the plant-based category and the oat-based category. So we we do see an interest in it and, um, you know, we're excited for the future of it. No, no denying that people want alternatives. They want options. You don't have to be exclusively plant-based. Sometimes you just want to be sort of flexitarian, use it sometimes. Maybe somebody in your family needs an oat product or a plant-based non-dairy product. So we're, we're there to meet our consumers and give them what they're asking for. And this is something that they really had been asking for. So yeah, it's, it's a, a great new piece to our portfolio and we're excited to continue to scale it. I wanted to ask you a little bit about your charitable endeavors. I know that you are involved with uh, Ukrainian relief efforts and some other organizations that you've supported over the years. Maybe tell us about that. As I mentioned, I myself was a refugee and immigrant from Ukraine when it was the Soviet Union. So, you know, my parents came to America and me with them as a year, one year old infant. We came with $116 in our pocket. My mother learned English watching General Hospital. We really understand that plight. And uh, while we did not have bombs falling on our head, we were living through a Cold War and isolation and uh, scarcity. So, you know, this issue is really near and dear to my heart. And I watched my father really support all the organizations and various people who came into his office, immigrants with ideas and dreams, and he helped everybody. And it's just like in my DNA to do what I can now that I live in a place of freedom, in a place of privilege and opportunity. When I first saw the first couple of bombs fall down on February 24th, 2022, last year, I immediately knew that we had a piece to play in this, that this is, you know, from our homeland, our people, many of our staff members at Lifeway team members are also from the region and have still have family in the region. I still have family in the region, cousins, aunts, uncles. So it was really, really devastating to see and to watch this unfold. And we partnered up with 73 of the top chefs of Chicago. And within 10 days, we created a fund razor and got space at Navy Pier, which is a premier space in Chicago. And we sold over 1,500 tickets to our fundraiser and helped raise over $700,000 to World Central Kitchen, which is Jose Andres, Chef Jose Andres' nonprofit. And he was there on the border and on the front line in the war zone, feeding refugees, feeding people. This was really important for us. And um, I'm just honored and beyond moved that I'm in a place to even help this. But then we also launched a charity relief bottle, specially marked blue and yellow um, labeled product that a portion of the proceeds go to support the rebuilding in Ukraine and refugees. So some immediate um, support and then hopefully this war will be over soon and we can move on to that next phase of rebuilding. I think that's one thing in my family watching our journey, being a part of our journey, helping and being a part of our community to do the right thing is like very much ingrained in me. And 
So I feel, you know, to whom much is given, much is expected. And I feel like, you know, I am a, a service leader, really embrace that I'm here to serve the global people, global humanity. Every brand has to fight for their place in the market, but Lifeway Foods overcame an even more unique hurdle, successfully introducing a foreign product to a foreign market. That tenacity has helped them create a growing market with eyes on a significant global expansion. At Welcome to the Arena, we're working really hard to bring you exciting guests and great content. If you found this episode insightful, subscribe to the show on your podcast app and leave us a five-star rating. The more the show grows, the more interesting voices we can have on the podcast. And in turn, that should demystify a lot of the stakeholders around public companies and soon-to-be public companies. Thanks for listening. I'd like to thank Jolie Smolianski for joining us on the show today. Not only did Julie step up with swift notice to keep Lifeway Foods' 36-year heritage alive, but she's consistently finding new ways to elevate and expand the brand. This is Tom Ryan. We'll see you next time, back in the arena. References to specific stocks are not intended to be recommendations for specific trading behavior. Comments presented on this podcast are intended for informational and educational purposes only, and do not represent opinions or recommendations on whether to buy, sell, or hold shares of a particular stock. All investors are advised to conduct their own independent research into individual stocks before making a trading decision. In addition, investors are advised that past stock performance is no guarantee of future price performance.